It ain't that simple, mate. Hello and welcome to It Ain't That Simple, mate, the Bright Hope World podcast. Episode 2 is pretty exciting, Kevin. Mm, yeah, we're getting into some heavy stuff here today though, uh, Fraser. Getting into some very heavy stuff. I am Fraser Scott, this is uh, Kevin Honore with me and we are talking today uh, about the question, what is poverty? Which is a massive issue. This is uh, something that's often misunderstood. It's it's another one of those terms that is uh, it means different things to different people. And I thought I'd start by today, I, I had had a look up on the old Google machine um, some of the standard definitions of poverty that are out there. I thought I'd share these because these are quite telling. The The basic definition of poverty, and I think this is extremely helpful, and it says that poverty is the state of being extremely poor. Oh, really? Yeah, I that probably tells you all you need to know. Mm. It, that to me is is like saying flying is the state of being extremely high which is is to say no not much good at all so let's let's progress when you start to look at some of the uh, international aid organizations and others they have a, a few more interesting definitions this is another one that poverty is when people are unable to meet their everyday needs for food water clothing and shelter they're living in poverty in that case education healthcare sanitary toilets electricity technology and savings are beyond the reach of these families so that starts to be a little bit more uh, interesting I think, in yeah, terms of yeah. definition of poverty. It's still quite broad, though. It is It is very broad. Uh, and then one other, and I, I want to say this came from um, the UN. I may be mistaken. Please forgive me if you work for the UN, and I've misattributed this. The most widely held and understood definition of absolute poverty measures poverty strictly in economic terms, earning less than $1.90, I think that's US, $1.90 a day. That's, that's how often uh, people are talking about poverty. So what do we think? Uh, do these definitions align with what we see in the world? Do they provide for us a good basis for considering poverty, which, of course, that's the space that we work in. That's what we're looking for, the poorest of the poor. What do we think of these definitions? Yeah, well, I mean, they all they all help. They help under, understand, you know, some of the components of, of poverty and and the levels of poverty, but it, it comes back to the title of our of our podcast. It's it's not simple, isn't it? It ain't it's, that simple, mate. That's the one. And uh, you know, there's there's no one definition that's going to going to grab it all. And and uh, and because of that, there's no one solution that's going to going to deal with the uh, the issue of of poverty. But you know, there's there's a couple of really useful. Uh, books that we or resources that we sort of point people to in this regard um, one of them is when helping hurts which talks about you know n- not just how to how to move towards people in poverty but but defines it in a broader way and and we like the definitions that that they kind of come up with because they're coming at it from a, a Christian perspective from a uh, a biblical kind of um, direction, and and we think that's really important. Um, so this book, When Helping Hurts, uh, I know one of the authors is Brian Fickert, yeah. that um, sits in my memory, and we'll, we'll put a, a link to it with this podcast. Yes, yeah. A brilliant book. Search it on, on Google, and you find it pretty quickly. It defines poverty in relational terms. Yeah, it, it, yeah. You know what, what the book says is that poverty occurs when certain types of relationships 
break down. And, and, and from memory, there are four of them. There is the relationship with God, that we see poverty emerge in our lives when our relationship with God breaks down. Uh, when our relationship with ourselves, how we view ourselves, when that yeah. comes into dysfunction, uh, when our relationships with others break down, yeah. and then when our relationship with creation itself breaks down. Yeah. Now, this is kind of counterintuitive, to be honest. Is we don't think of poverty as the result of broken relationships. So let's let's spend a bit of time. Let's park here for a little bit. Yeah. Try and unpack this. What does it mean? And, and let's start with the relationship with God. How on earth does poverty come from a breakdown in, in our relationship with God? How, how, how does that work? Yeah, well, I mean, those you know those four, uh, I guess, aspects of poverty that they refer to uh, go right back into the Garden of Eden, and that in that you know the first sin, if you like, the um, <clears throat> that Adam and Eve committed. Uh, seriously affected all of those areas and you see it revealed quite quickly in their lives and in their community and and really is the basis for for a lot of uh, you know what you'd call poverty these days I mean if you understand it in this context and I heard somebody say that you know that poverty is really the grandchild of of sin and oh, uh, like yeah and it's it's really uh, as 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 the the impact of sin kind of gets passed on from generation to generation, it, it results in in poverty. And and so, you know, teasing this out is is, is pretty important for us in terms of our, our foundational understandings. And yeah, and and, and we'll, we'll find out a couple of reasons why that's so, so important. This idea that. Uh, poverty comes at least in part through a breakdown in a relationship with God. Does this mean that we would expect to see greater poverty where there is a greater level of dysfunction in people's relationship with God, where people are further from God? Is there a correlation there? Yeah, well, I think I think you know you don't have to go too far, you know, out of New Zealand and and back in time even to see to see this kind of thing. Um, but you know, the when a relationship with God is is becomes dysfunctional then there are barriers between God and his best plan his best you know desire for human beings and so when you know if you go we'll go back right to to the Garden of Eden as, as soon as uh, you know sin entered the world there was this barrier between God and man and, and the, the image of God in men mankind and you know human human beings between them and God was 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 distorted and and so when there's um, when there's a you know that barrier there, it's, it's hard to push through and get the get the clear message as to what what God's best plan for for His people are. And um, so bring it down to a micro level. Give me give me an example. Uh, you know, in your experience, yeah, talk about uh, you know we'll call him Bob out in, in somewhere, and his relationship with with God is is broken down. And how does it manifest? In terms of poverty, and obviously there are three other relationships that we're going to talk about, but yeah, yeah. that one particularly, how does what one believes about God then translate into what we understand as poverty? Sure. Well, I mean, you know, you, you go to places where where well, let's let's, let's go to Africa um, because you know a lot of what we're involved in, in in terms of poverty and poverty reduction is is in Africa, and a lot of us can be said in Asia as well, but but you know other places. Um, there's people start believing and, and it creeps up over generations a whole bunch of lies that are just not true 
And so they build their lives and their attitudes towards God and what God has done. Um, they build their lives on this, these lies. So, so when you go along and, and you start talking to people about growing crops, right, and they're, they're sitting on this huge piece of land. They've got water just below the surface, and 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 they've they're living in absolute poverty. They got they've got nothing. They can't you know do anything. They've got no resources to fall back on. They can't send their kids to school, and there's this this vicious cycle over over generations. The, you know they 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 will believe that the land is cursed. Therefore. We can't grow anything on this. Um, it's it's not our role to 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 do anything about that. We'll just cut down a few trees and burn them, and then move on. And the the God's best intention for them is distorted, and so the result of that, the impact of that, built up over generations, is, is poverty. Even though they have this huge resource around them, and then you go to another country. And you'll see paddy fields that are six thousand years old, and they're still growing productive crops in them, because you know they haven't believed that lie, that particular lie. So there's so relationship with God is distorted, and and then all sorts of lies start to replace those, and then we start building up superstition, and and we start inventing our own religions and our own ways of, of, of approaching God. And that, and that drives people further and further away from God and, and from God's blessing and, and from God's intervention in their lives. And, and so they end up you know, hopeless um, without any idea of, of how to get back to God. Or, or, or and, and so superstition, fear, all those things start to build up. Yeah, I want to grab on that word, uh, hopeless, because I think that's really important. And... You know, certainly what I've seen in some parts of Africa particularly, but also in the Middle East, is this hopelessness where people who uh, who could work, who could uh, attend the fields, who could support their families don't because of this deep, uh, abiding, pervasive sense of hopelessness. And it's it's pretty obvious to see if, if you are in that state, if you can't get out of bed in the morning because of that sense that um, whatever you do, it's 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 not going to work. It's you know th- there's no point, there's no purpose. Obviously, that that has an impact on poverty. But doesn't that also um, relate to the West? I mean, uh, do we not also see? I mean, I, I know the rates in New Zealand of 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 depression of of that kind of hopelessness is you know is reaching epidemic levels. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, does it also have the potential to cause poverty here? Oh, absolutely, it does. Because poverty isn't to, def- you know, as, as we're trying to say, it's not. It's not just defined as an economic thing. Mm. Uh, and you know, that flips over into that second thing you mentioned in terms of the relationship that breaks down is that when when the 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 image of God, if you like, that exists within human beings is distorted and corrupted. Then our attitude towards ourselves starts to starts to get distorted as well. So we start to to think either you know well wrongly about ourselves, uh, either too highly or, or too low, or, or we put ourselves in the wrong in the wrong position in relationship to God, and then all sorts of things start to, well, to start let, to fall let's to step into that. That's that's the second of these four key relationships where you know we see. When someone's relationship with themselves, when their self-view, their self-understanding is distorted, that that leads to poverty. 
So, you know, let's step into that space. Again, if a person sees that they're they're worthless, that nothing they do is is going to work, they've been, uh, you know, told or they've they've grown up under the, the, the lie, the belief that they have no value, it's going to be pretty difficult to, to then be a, you know, productive member of society to, to hold down a job, to to fields or whatever you're going to do you know it's perhaps a little more intuitive in this space that how you view yourself impacts you know whether you're not you live in poverty at least to yeah. some degree oh very much so um the um how, how do i put this what one of the definitions of uh of poverty one of the words that's used in the in the in the bible to define poverty is is a word that has the meaning of worthless mm. Uh, and once a person becomes worthless in their own minds, yeah, they 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 seek to you know they 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 start focusing on themselves, not on others. There's a whole lot of stuff that breaks down. So um, it's not it's not a I think uh, an accident that in our Western culture, where there is this you know rise ep- epidemic rise in in uh, mental health issues. Uh, there's at the same time there's a huge focus on on me being the center of 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 the universe. So we we push God out and we inevitably replace Him with something else. This is part of what human beings do. Um, but when you put yourself as the center of of the universe, the if you like the God to be worshipped, very quickly you start to realize that it's a it's a it's a it's a fake. It's a, it's a pretty miserable replacement for a, um, a God who is is you know create created and and is transcendent and all those things. We, we just can't live up to that, and so so we end up going down a down a vacuum down a hole, you know, and and ends up in this place of of hopelessness, of, of feeling worthless, of a failure, and and we just can't get up in the morning anymore. Um, because it's you know we realise quickly we're 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 false gods. Um, yeah, and, and look, I, I mean you know we've both seen this um, particularly in in some of the slums in Africa, where you know you you see people sitting around, you see often men unfortunately uh, drinking and not doing anything, and you know to the casual Western observer you sort of say well look you know, there, there's your answer poverty is caused by laziness. But I guess what these two first relational issues uh, suggest is actually, you know, when you start to believe you have no value in the eyes of God and in in your own eyes, when you start to believe that you have nothing to contribute and everything you touch turns to mark, it's pretty hard to to get up and and do what you need to do. So, you know, are we suggesting here that um, there's a pretty close relationship between the lies we believe and the poverty we experience. Oh, totally there is. I mean, you know, this is all wrapped up in the third one as well, the whole, uh, if you put others in there, the the whole development of culture. I mean, you know, it's easy for us to stand in the West and and use our Western values, if you like, to to judge uh, another culture. But but at the end of the day, every culture falls short of this because of that original distortion that went on. And so so I think there's there's a... you know, there's a whole series of movements away from God in this that 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 affects every every part of our lives and and distorts what we end up with. Um, you know, 
So we have a distorted view of God. We end up with a distorted view of self. That then affects the way we relate to other people. We have a distorted view of others, and and eventually we we mess up the you know we mess up the uh, the world that we're living in. Um, so they're all, they're all kind of you know uh, movements away in a sense from from God. So our cultures all get messed up as well, um, and so. And this is where we have to be really, really careful because, you know, when we go out to help people, we're not going out primarily as Westerners. I mean, we can't help but be Westerners and Kiwis and all that. But at the end of the day, we can't go out with any sense of cultural arrogance because that, that's not what we're on about. What we're on about is is helping people connect with God, first of all. Then they get a real, you know, sense of, of their true identity. Uh, then they start relating better to others, and and so then the whole community benefits from that, and and you know the environment that they live in as well. So, so, so truth, and and bringing truth into these environments is a pretty key aspect of addressing poverty. You got to start at some pretty deep levels here. Oh, absolutely, you do. I mean, you know, and and, and I think this is one of the issues that we we face, and and, and I think a lot of NGOs forget is that. You're not just dealing with social issues here, or or economic issues here, or um, you know, if if you go to some of the extremes, justice issues. You're not just dealing with that. Primarily underpinning all this theological issues, um, because you know whether we like it or not, and whether we will admit this or not. Basically, you know, you know the Bible says we're made in the image of God, and and as soon as we Take God out of the picture. We, as I said before, we, we replace him with with something else. And and so you go to to Africa, for example. I mean, you know, Romans chapter one, chapters one and two talk about this, where you know God has has revealed Himself, but but the tendency of human beings is to start worshiping their creation, not the Creator. And and so we, you know, there's that downward spiral kind of, um, and we move further and further away from God. And in fact, in Romans, you know, God actually pushes those people away um, because their worship has become distorted, and and that goes, you know, as I said, flows out of out of primarily that relationship with God, but then flows out and affects every every area of people's lives. So we'll take a um, a break in a moment, Kev, but. You know, a couple of things become obvious when you deal with these first two relationships. Is one, none of this is getting addressed by money. You're not you're not throwing money at a person's understanding of God or understanding of self and addressing poverty. These are these are a lot deeper than that. Uh, you know, two is these are kind of universal challenges that we all face. You know, I, I think that's kind of bit of an interesting space. And two, this starts to build a picture that you know poverty is fundamentally. I mean, looks like it is 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 people's own fault. You know that that's that's how it starts. To look how you understand God, how you understand people. So um, let's let's take a break and then let's come back and and explore these uh, ideas a little bit more and and see if those early suppositions are in fact uh, accurate. So we will be back in just a moment. On uh, it ain't that simple, mate. It ain't that simple, mate. Is brought to you by. Lamai Coffee. My Coffee is the finest quality organic Arabica coffee from the northern hills of Thailand. We at Bright Hope World import the green beans into New Zealand and we roast them to perfection, then sell them to discerning coffee drinkers. We're all volunteers on the team, so all the profits go back into great community projects in Thailand 
And that is why we call it the world's best tasting act of kindness. You can order Lamai coffee or find out more at lamai.co.nz. It ain't that simple, mate. Welcome back. We are talking about here on uh, It Ain't That Simple, mate, the definition of poverty, trying to understand what poverty really is. And and look, we are coming from an unashamedly Christian uh, perspective, um, and, and we do not apologize for that. That's how we see the world. That's the truth. Um, but one of the things uh, we, we were saying just beforehand, we are talking about uh, that poverty is caused by breakdowns in four key relationships, the relationship with God, uh, with ourselves, how we view ourselves with others and with creation. Uh, Kev, as we explored those first two, you start to build the picture that it's going to be really hard to address poverty uh, without addressing the spiritual. Is that is that fair? Yeah, well, we would say so, yes. Um, otherwise, you end up just dealing with the, uh, the superficial the, the symptoms of the issue, not the issue itself. And that's why it just frustrates us to the nth degree that that so many NGOs see and, and are obviously saying that the answer to poverty is, is money. Well, yeah, money is part of the answer, but honest, you know, if you had 10 steps in the process, then money's probably number six or seven. It's certainly not number one or two. Uh, and that's why there's been billions of dollars, you know, pushed into Africa. Well, where is it? Where's the impact of that, you know? Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very uh, simplistic way of looking at poverty or, and, you know, essentially de- defining poverty. I think you've got to have a different definition for, for if you're going to have, have, have a, a sustainable long-term uh, s- solution uh, to this. One of the things I, you know, I've said is I've talked to people about poverty, um, you know, particularly in, in churches, but friends as well, is that you can't address poverty at arm's length. This is a shoulder-to-shoulder thing. It is relationship-based, that the people that will address poverty, uh, you know, are addressing it directly with people. Obviously, that's why we are investing in, uh, you know, local people at the ground level that then go out and work with the beneficiaries. Yeah. I, I'm guessing if, if we're focusing on how a person understands God, how a person understands themselves. You can't do that with a multi-million dollar marketing campaign. No, you, you can't. And you can't do it from an office in, in Christchurch. No. Um, uh, and and uh, to, be, to be brutally honest, I think part, a lot of the NGOs and the pretty much really well-intentioned people that get involved in the development sector have actually become part of the problem now. So they whiz in, run a project, set up a project, and whiz out again. Um, they measure the impact of that entirely on economic terms, you know, numbers, metrics, all that kind of stuff. And they and they invest a lot of time in there, but but they're never ever they're always outsiders coming in. How do you measure someone's rating of themselves? Whether they you know they felt that they were worthless and and didn't step forward and then you know six months later you've worked with them and and they've understood some of the stuff and now they're able to step up and take you know a, a more productive role in their family and community i mean how can you put a metric to that well it's it's, it's impossible i mean it's yeah 
I mean, how long is a piece of string? <laughs> right. And, and of course, um, the danger then is you just measure inputs, yeah. not outcomes. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's all about, you know, the outcomes. And, and, and one, of, one of the issues that, that we, we observe, and, and, and we fight all the time, is, is just unrealistic expectations in terms of timeframes that it takes for, for deep change to occur. If, you, if you're wanting quick answers, throw big money at it, and you, you'll get some results – but you go back after five years and uh, there'll be nothing there to show for it at all. Um, and so understanding realistic timeframes and, and and again, that's why, like you said, we, we, we work through local people who are already part of the community. So so they've got their own skin in the game. They've got an in, uh, a vested interest in this thing actually working because it's, you know, they have part of the, they get the benefit of this thing working um, themselves uh, as well as their friends, family and, and, and community. And they know those worldview issues that we are yeah. trying to address. Yeah, and, and that's why we're looking for a person that has that understanding. But this, the funny thing is that even if you go to, let's say, even a non-Christian environment in in a place like Africa, let's say an, an, a, a very rural village where there hasn't been much influence uh, from Christian faith, they get the connection between economics and and faith and religion, whatever they believe in. They they don't make this dichotomy between you know the secular and the spiritual. For them, it's all tied up together. So when an organisation comes along and and doesn't address the the spiritual or, or isn't willing to to go into that, uh, it's kind of like well, you're already on the back foot in terms of being able to connect with with them and, and their worldview. So, so so important to have a local person as the driving force of, of this thing. Um, and sometimes even you know within a country. I remember last year we were in Madagascar, and there was a team working in a very extreme uh, culture. They said it was extreme, but they were from another part of Madagascar, and they were viewed as outsiders. So it's not even just enough to have a, a person from the same country. It, it's got to be right from right within. Okay, so the, the, the third relationship we've talked about is relationship with others. That poverty comes when, I guess, essentially communities and families break down. What does it mean? I mean, what does that look like in, 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 a, in a way that causes poverty? Yeah, well, I mean, if you, if you go right back to the, the book of Genesis again, where this started, you know, first generation after Adam and Eve, and there's your first murder, Cain and Abel. So very quickly, sin distorts family relationships. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, issues around this that you, you observe. You know, one of the, one of the, the big issues where you see in, in, in terms of poverty is is this whole intergenerational poverty where, and you see it in many cultures, I mean we see it even here in New Zealand where where when family relationships starts to break break down and, and you know there's no fathers in families and and and, and there's, there's a whole lot of breakdown in, in relationships that, that poverty is one of the outcomes of that, it's one of the, as I said before, one of the grandchildren of, of those those uh, sins, if you like, those those breakdowns. Um, and out, out out in the, you know, in the in the field, if you like, out in in in, in these these countries, you, you'll you'll see a lot of of issues around around this, and 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 you see it in different ways. You see it where where in in some countries, you know. Women don't have any rights. Women are 
uh, are owned firstly by their fathers and then by their their husbands. Um, uh, so there's there's a you know a lack of development going on in terms of of, of people and and their abilities and skills and their value in 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 a, in a society. So it breaks down in 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 lots of ways. Um, you, you then go you know into into places like like the Congo right now where there's there's just you know all these militia groups going around butchering you know whole villages of people, um, sometimes from the same tribe or. Or and, and and you see, you know, I was just in Rwanda last year, twenty fifth year, you know, anniversary of of the genocide there, where you've got people who've lived together for years and years and years, all of a sudden, start butchering each other, and neighbours were killing neighbours and dobbing in neighbours, and and there was this kind of bloodlust that went on, and um, you know, it's it's just one of the. One of the distortions that 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 happens and reveals itself in many ways. I guess this is where we also see corruption. We see civil war. You know, we see international wars, and you know, we're involved in a number of partnerships where um, they're focused on refugees. I think, particularly in the the Middle East, mm. we see you know the the date today, sixteenth of July, that we're recording this. Uh, the situation in Lebanon looks like it is. Um, devolving down into potentially civil war which will obviously have a, a huge impact in terms of poverty this this is the space this relationship with others and community this is where this stuff lives isn't it yeah yeah where it's it's not necessarily anything to do with the people involved where they may just be the victims of corrupt governments of conflicts that they may or may not be involved in and all of that external stuff you know and I guess this is probably the one that people uh, understand the most all this external stuff that goes on that that makes victims of people yeah and then that's poverty. yeah you're right that's that's where it becomes most obvious and where and where the you know the the obvious issues of injustice and oppression and and uh, brutality and and rape and abuse and all that kind of goes on i mean and and the thing is you know we can point to places like you've just pointed to, but you know, New Zealand culture, amount of abuse that's going on in mm. families, domestic violence, domestic violence, and all this kind of stuff. It's all part of the same. And and again, we just have to keep coming back that the underlying reason for a lot of this is 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 theological. It's not just sociological. You know, it's not just. Um, uh, educational, even or or a health or a health issue, you know, it, it, it's 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 very narrow focus to think that they you know educate people and and they'll learn from this, you know, just doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. It's interesting, isn't it, that you know you look at those first two causes that we talked about breakdown in person's relationship with God and with self. It's it's the the sort of internal dysfunction and failings and and, and politically. On the right, they tend to talk more about this, and so you, you you know you hear that old chestnut that you know people just need to take personal responsibility. They need to you know pull themselves up with their bootstraps, and that's how you know those on the right tend to look at poverty. And then you get to this one, and you know it's all about the external stuff and the system and the state has failed, and that's where the te- the left tends to focus and say, well, poverty is caused you know and and must be then addressed by 
governments and you've got to fight corruption and, and all the external stuff and, and climate change and all, all the rest of it. But the reality is, you know, there's there's truth on both sides, isn't it? That that it, it is both internal and external. It's it's stuff that you have some control over. It's stuff that you don't. And often, you know, what we find is to focus on any one of these things is deficient because you know it ain't that simple, mate. It ain't that simple, mate. And and you know, to be fair, the the politicians haven't shown a great deal of ability to solve. Any of this? I mean, we've we've had like you know how many thousand years of, of of political kind of leadership and how many years of democracy, and it seems to be falling to pieces um, because neither the left or the right should be neither nor yeah. or either or. Well, neither neither has the full picture, do they? No, and, and no, not, they've only got they're part not of. super good at working together and seem to be getting worse as they retreat into. To the various corners, but you know, as as shown, if you see poverty as just hey, it's their fault, are you going to miss a big part of the picture? If you if you see fo- poverty as hey, it's just governments doing the wrong thing, you're not going to get very far either. No, no it's it's yes, it's got to be much broader than that, and that's why you know, as as a Christian organisation, we have to retain solid roots into. You know, theology, and that God is right across the spectrum. He's He's uh, fully, you know, wanting to show mercy to people who who are victims and and uh, whose lives are fully out of control. At the same time, He fully wants people to take full responsibility for their lives and their decisions. And He treats us all as as individuals. He doesn't treat us all as groups. I mean, we are the ones who form cultures. It was our idea, not, not God's idea. He wants to deal with each one of us, you know, in, in a personal way, in a direct way. And, and we are the ones that have clustered together. In fact, you don't have to go too far after the Garden of Eden to find that, you know, the Tower of Babel, um, as soon as people started to get together and the first cultures started to form, you know, all hell break loose. Problems arise. <laughs> Problems arise, and uh, and then that's because we just cannot live together unless we're in relationship with God, um, and so that has to be sorted out as part of this whole deal. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, four key relationships: God, self, others, creation. And that's a bit a bit trickier. And you know, as as I've grappled with this one. Um, you know, there's a couple of things that stand out. I, I think one of them that you referenced earlier, the the number of people, you know, particularly in cultures outside of the West, that take uh, an almost sort of adversarial stance with creation. So, you know, the ground is cursed. I will not plant anything because it will not grow. And, and you know, some of that superstitious stuff. But I wonder here as well whether the you know, traditionally Western exploitative mindset about creation is also a distortion. I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to take what I can. I'm going to mine. I'm going to just go nuts and have no respect for creation, no no sense of stewardship. Um, look, how, you know, how does, how does poverty come from a distorted relationship there, do you think? Well, look around you. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what, what percentage of of Poverty these days is is caused by by you know breakdown in 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 creation things that are uh, you know that are happening out of out of our control and and th- and you know the 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 abuse or the way we've abused creation you know it will come back and, and revisit us um, is coming back to revisit us to a large degree. Um, 
And so, you know, you build build houses on the waterfront, don't, you know, don't be surprised if a tsunami comes knocking one day. Um, and so, you know, plant, plant, build your, your houses below sea level. Um, <laughs> you're going to have you get wet feet. Um, and, you know, if you, if you go to places like, like say, say Bangladesh, where, where, you know, just hordes of people are living right in, in places that flood every year, you know, there's, there's some, you know, serious, you know, in a sense, mindset issues there that have to be addressed. Um, so it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, we, we've, we've not treated creation well at all. Um, and it's really interesting because this isn't, you know, it's not the, the first time this has happened. <laughs> and again, if you go right back to the book of Genesis, you know, human men and women sinned, what happened? Weeds, hard work. Um, became the order of the day, and and that's the way it's that's the way it's been. You know, it's 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 hard work, whatever culture you're in, to to, to drag food out of the earth. There's there so many things um, that you've got to contend with that are out of your control. The weather, you know, you know, our friends right now up in um, in Kenya and Uganda and and up through the Middle East, you know, huge huge locust flocks r- r- ripping through there and. And deserts where once there were forests and and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, uh, we've uh, we've sown a uh, a wind and now we're reaping a whirlwind in many ways. Um, so you take a, a look at that, you know, to, to sort of bring that to a conclusion. And I'm guessing there's going to be people that are listening to this for whom this whole idea is foreign. That you know, you you would start with a definition of of poverty. That is about broken relationships. I'm guessing, unless you've read the book When Helping Hurts, this will be probably pretty foreign to you. Um, that's you know that that's a big step. But you know how how does that then impact how you address poverty? I mean, we're saying it is about relationship breakdown. What does that then imply in terms of of how you go on and, and deal with it? Well, well, first of all, you have to start with yourself and realize that you're as poor uh, as, as anyone else or anyone that you're going to be going to because poverty isn't just about economics. In fact, you know, I know one or two quite wealthy, I mean, economically wealthy people who, who, if you were to talk about relational poverty, are extremely poor. Um, you know, um, and, so, and so what it does is it brings us all down to the, to the same, same level. level. Yeah. Uh, and so... We, the, I would like to think that the first thing it does is it it, it deals with our cultural arrogance, because soon as you define poverty as 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 purely economic, then the guy with the biggest bank account is the boss, and when you go out, you know, to deal with poverty on that basis, you you have arrogance. You can't help it. Um, it just it just goes with the goes with the territory. I guess, I guess it also then impacts, you know, when we go to these communities that are in quote-unquote poverty. You know, my experience is, is they are quite strong in some of the areas that we're weak, and I think particularly in terms of that, the breakdown relationship with others. You know, I've, I've talked to people who are shocked that we ship our elderly off to, to homes, you know, and that we don't take responsibility for them, and that we have... You know, big one point eight meter fences around our homes and don't know our neighbours. Mm. You know, this, this is a sort of poverty of community, which is you know how, how that's termed. That 
you know, I think New Zealand might be right at the pointy end of. And so I guess if, if we go with the understanding that we, we all experience poverty to some degree in these four areas, then when we go and we reach out to those that we want to connect with in partnership, we recognise we've got quite a bit of poverty that we're struggling with and you've got some poverty that you're struggling with. And and perhaps, and, you know, tell me if you agree or not, the the big difference is the kinds of poverty that we experience tend not to manifest economically first and foremost. That that's We don't see that quite to the same degree as they might in Africa or parts of the Middle East or South America, Southeast Asia. Mm. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's uh, the the evidences of poverty are very different, um, in in and you know, not just within uh, between between different countries, but within even you know, and you get huge disparities within within countries, and um, yeah, so it's it's a it's something you you just have to come to terms with yourself that that, that the answer to to the way you go is is an internal thing and you know it's really interesting you know Jesus talked about you know in the Sermon on the Mount blessed are the poor well he said poor in spirit as it says in Matthew but in, in Luke he says blessed are the poor and, and we just have to get our heads around the fact that in terms of our relationship with God I am as poor as anyone else and when I go to visit a poor a person who's poorer than me economically i'm really going as a beggar uh helping another beggar to find bread and and so we just have to somehow shed that arrogance and and it comes from understanding that poverty isn't just economic that's just got to be a foundational understanding exactly and i mean you look at those sort of things if um, when one tries to address poverty, what you're really doing is trying to restore relationships. I mean, that's that's the ministry of reconciliation that that, that Paul talked that Paul about. talked about in Second Corinthians we're, five. We're, yeah. we're trying to restore relationships where they've been broken. So you, you're going in, you are you're dealing relationally with people. You're helping to draw their attention to the truth. You're ministering with them. You're, you're working through the hurts and the pains, all that relational stuff. And money really is not going to help any of it. And, you know, would it be fair to say in, in a lot of cases, you know, if you apply uh, money to these kinds of issues, you, you're potentially going to make them a lot worse. You know, if, if a person feels that they are worthless and then there's someone standing there giving them handouts in front of their family, doesn't doesn't that make it worse? Doesn't that increase their sense of powerlessness and worthlessness? Oh, yeah, totally. Every time. I mean, you, you know, you, you take I used the example earlier um uh, maybe it was in the first podcast. I don't remember where you know about the 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 parents who don't get involved in school mm. because some you know Father Christmas from from New Zealand is paying for his kids to go to school. So so yeah. So he he just feels disempowered by that. He has no control over what his kids are doing and where they're going, and so he loses interest and wanders away from the family. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's got to be dealt with in a, in a in a holistic way, in the best sense of the meaning of that word, holistic. And that's why I think, as a, as a Christian organisation, you know, it's really important to come at this first of all from a from a theological, biblical point of view. And and one of the things I, I've always tried to understand is first of all, what does the Bible say about poverty and these things? And and you know, it's, it's a it's a huge subject. 
Uh, but there's two words that it uses, and what one defines the 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 type of person we see in. Uh, and we see it in every culture. We'll see it here in New Zealand, the daily worker, the person who works really hard, often in manual labor, but still doesn't earn enough to 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 flourish, you know even maybe survive well. And so you know there's people like that in, in New Zealand They're working one, two, or three jobs, both both parents working, and you know their household income income is is not enough to to sustain them well. Uh, and then you've got the other poverty or word that's used, which is is um, is the beggar, the one who says you know cringes, crouches down. Uh, you know you get that picture of the beggar on the street with a with a uh, a cup out, waiting for somebody to put some dough in it. And that's you know those those two now understanding that there's two different types of poverty or or poor person is really important because the way you approach both of those two people will need to be very different and and so you know in New Zealand we have as I said the the daily worker type person but we don't have a lot of beggars in in, in that same no. sense um, totally un- unable to 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 live to to survive um, and because underneath you know in our culture we have the welfare state and we have a welfare system makes a huge difference huge difference um, and not saying that we shouldn't move towards them, but again, coming back to you know Bright Hope World, our focus is the poorest of the poor, the beggar on the street. How do we come alongside those people? Um, and it's really interesting coming back to what what our response should be. Is you know, you remember in Second Corinthians eight, it talks about Jesus. You know, it says, "Who became a beggar, extremely poor, so that we might become extremely rich." So there was this entry into their circumstances, their lives, and and so the you know the most wonderful people we meet in our role is is those people who say, okay, I'll get involved, I'll insert myself in that cycle of poverty, of death, of desperation, of frustration, or whatever it might be. I'll put myself in there, and I'll be the answer to that, uh, and. And that's the people we are looking for, and that's the ones that really do make a difference in um, in this whole area of of holistic, uh, sustainable, long term, um, deep, transformational uh, engagement. Uh, and and when you see that happening, it is such a powerful thing. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll need to pull it. Uh to close it, Kevin, I'm I'm aware that we've we've explored this topic to some depth, and and we don't want to we don't want to outstay our welcome. So we'll 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 pull it to a close there. Uh, next uh, podcast, we're going to look at who are the poor and and, and explore this a little bit more. Uh, where do we find them? What do they look like? Um, you know, what are their circumstances? And take with us this understanding of poverty that we've uh, explored today. Um, if you have any comments for us, any any feedback, any thoughts on what we're saying, any challenges, we're we're, you know, we're not afraid to be controversial, and so we can withstand a little scrutiny. Do send us an email podcast at Bright Hope World. Uh, Kev, any final thoughts? Well, wow, I'm just wondering, uh, just thinking how hard it is would be for a Westerner to be able to really get into that cycle of poverty and what it would cost to do that. Well, that's it. It's a frightening thought. Frightening thought. Maybe we should stop right now. Yeah, maybe we should. 
Thank you so much for uh, listening. We look forward to um, being back with you next time where we are uh, looking at the question, who are the poor? But for now, uh, from Kevin and me and Bright Hope World, uh, we'll say goodbye. <laughs>